My guest, Don McCarthy, remembers a time when he struggled with his own authenticity. He put everyone before himself and couldn't feel or express his own feelings. After working for many years to put self-care in place, he thought he had that issue behind him. Then, his elderly mother had a fall, and caregiving provided him with an even deeper and more challenging opportunity to grasp and learn self-care. One of the aha moments of this episode was realizing how self-care plays a big role in our ability to be truly authentic. Listen to find out how. Hello, Don McCarthy, and welcome to the Authentic Gay Man podcast. It's nice to see you. Hi, Maddox. Thank you for giving me space on your show. I'm glad to be here. Awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Happy to share space with anybody that's got a great story, and I know you do. Um, So to tell a little bit about you, so the listeners know, you're a therapist in the New York City area. You're 46 years old, and you came out in your late 90s. So the way Don and I know each other, and we we just, this is our second time to talk on a Zoom. Um, he saw the podcast on LinkedIn, and I don't know exactly, I don't remember exactly how it worked. He either made a comment or I responded to a comment, but at any rate, we got in touch with each other via Messenger, or, or well, yeah, the equivalent of Messenger on LinkedIn, and uh, agreed that we, you know, had something that we wanted to talk about. So we did a Zoom and indeed we did have something to talk about. And now that parlayed into him being a guest on the podcast. So very excited. And once again, glad to have you here. Let, let's dive into um, the question that I ask all my guests. And that is, tell me how you would define what it means to be an authentic gay man. I think being an authentic gay man for me means being honest with myself, my needs, my feelings, and living my truth unapologetically, without shame, and just just being free, just being free to be who I am without being afraid of judgment. Mm, so well said. I love that. That is absolutely beautiful. Don, thank you for that. So the big question of, of our time today is, what is the biggest challenge that you have been through in this life that you're either on the other side of or you're still working through that challenge? I think the biggest challenge I've had in this life so far is really coming to terms with my emotions, my needs. Again, not feeling shamed. I think part of growing up, I grew up in the Catholic church. I grew up in a very European centric, Irish Italian neighborhood, old school. It was definitely sinful to be gay. I learned that growing up. And so I learned how to hide that part of myself and deflect my needs, my emotions by learning to be really good, learning to take care of people, putting everybody's needs ahead of my own 
And as a result, I did also suffer from anxiety and depression for a little while in my life. And it was really helpful to slowly recognize that part of my experience as a child and growing up in the shame, in the judgment, in this, even in the self, um, lack of acceptance for myself, that's where I was struggling with accept, uh, anxiety and depression. And I'm kind of going through it a little bit now with um, my mom, who's elderly, right? So she's recently suffered a fall and had hip surgery. And now it's kind of put me back into a balance of taking care of her, being there for her, and not feeling guilty or shame or going back into my own anxiety about myself or the situation. Mm-hmm. You know, what's popping into my head right now is how the universe, I think sometimes we're we're on a quest. You know, you you are on a quest to learn to put your needs first. And you've definitely, it sounds to me like, made some headway with that. Mm-hmm. And in, in an effort to further your growth, or this, this is my perception, you can tell me how this lands for you. In order to further your growth, the universe has thrown you another aspect of that challenge to, you know, once again, take that, take that stand and find that balance and take care of you in the midst of this. Um, that's the beautiful thing I think about the universe is it will continue to put things in front of us to support us in the goal that we've set. You know, at some point, maybe you didn't articulate it like this or even verbalize it, but you knew that you had a history of putting other people before yourself and you decided that was not working for you and you wanted to try a different way. Um, And I think it's just, it's beautiful when we can realize that the challenges keep coming at us because that's the universe's way of supporting us in reaching our goal. If we didn't have the challenges, if you didn't have reasons to continue to put yourself first, you, you, you know, it's like building a muscle. It's like these things are coming into your life, like the weights at the gym. Yeah. You got to lift the weights in order to build the muscle. Yeah. And that's what I'm getting that you're, you're telling me just from, you haven't told me very much, but um, just the point of you'd been working on this and finding that balance. And then mom has a fall, you know, and, and now, Oh, here we go again. We're back on the, on the treadmill or the roller coaster or whatever, depending on what day it is, I'm sure. So tell me, tell me how that conceptually lands with you. Had you considered that from that perspective? Um, Honestly, I, I haven't, um, but that's surprising because I have shared that view uh, very much. I do believe the universe does provide us with lessons, opportunities to really work on ourselves. Um, and 
as you're saying that, uh, Maddox, I'm thinking that too. This was this has really been challenging me to really still dive into. I guess for best term, self care, my own self care, making sure that I um, am taking care of myself through rest and meals and finding balance with other relationships that I can't see other people at the moment or have to cancel or do things um, other than what I had planned maybe with friends uh, because my mom has needed me. And I think definitely in the past that has been really difficult for me to say no, even just canceling plans. Like I didn't want to let people down. I didn't want to um, make people think that any bad things about me. I think um, in the past, I would have really struggled. And to a certain extent, I think that's what I've been working on and still maybe get triggers once in a while here doing that, feeling guilty. I've had a friend who celebrated his birthday a few weeks, uh, weekends ago, and I had to cancel. Um, and I just felt horrible. I felt really guilty. I apologized, apologized to him a million times. And uh, and he actually said, I have nothing to feel guilty about. There's nothing that you're doing wrong. So it's nice to have that reassurance, but that's definitely part of my inner stuff coming up. Uh, that's a good example. Yes, and per- perhaps... You talked about that balance and self-care, perhaps part of that self-care. I mean, we sometimes have this thought in our mind of what self-care is and what it looks like, but it's pretty broad and pretty complex because part of that self-care that you're wanting to put in place might include not being so hard on yourself when you have to cancel plans because something is higher on the priority list in that moment. And that's a combination of managing your self-care and your mom's care. Yeah. So let's go back a little bit to that earlier time, that place where you put other people's needs before your own and, and didn't honor your own feelings. And what, what do you think was driving that? Where did that come from, that put everybody before you thing? Mm. Well, there certainly was, I think, two parts of it. I think one was just really the need for acceptance. I wasn't, certainly wasn't accepting of myself. And I had learned that in the beginning. And so I just really thought that if I, yeah, showed up, helped out, uh, was friendly, did everything I could. If somebody needed something, I was there. Or And again, that's not hard. Those aren't horrible traits. Um, but if we're talking about balance, I was doing that to the point of, you know, again, not checking in, not tuning in. And I think it was really a self, part of it was a self-rejection. I mean, I remember for a while, um, I really held those uh, beliefs that 
you know, that there was something inter- really wrong with me. And if I prayed hard enough, if I did all the good things, if I did what God wanted me to do, what the, the church told me to do, if I did everything, um, then eventually I wouldn't feel the feelings anymore. So it's kind of a way to get, it was kind of a way to get out of the feelings and maybe also <laughs> um, getting acceptance somewhere or maybe even getting right with God, so to speak, uh, for a little mm. while. And I, that did thankfully change once I started in college and started started feeling a little bit differently. What you're describing now is where my mind went. I can recall a time when I put other needs, other people's needs before my own and can now look back and say, wow, the majority of that was this thought that if I did enough, if I showed up and did enough, that maybe, maybe, maybe they would love me. Mm-hmm. Like this belief that I had to do something that was over and above in order to be worthy of love, rather than realizing that just who I am and my presence all by itself without having to do anything is worthy of love. So it was like this earning. It was it was like going out and earning a paycheck, except the paycheck was was love or acceptance or like even for some of the people in my life. Does that fit? Oh, totally. Totally. Absolutely. It, it totally resonates. In fact, using the word love, too, it, when you said that, it just, taught, again, brought me back to the, the memories of that. Like, oh, I... You know, and I was always asking myself too. Oh, does does she love me? Does he love me? Does he like me? Does she like me? Right. So it was always like, oh, they're angry, so I must have did something to piss them off at me, so they don't like me or love me anymore. Right. So I remember that going circling through my head a lot when I was younger. Yes, I think that's true for a lot of us. I certainly spent my time in that space. Um, And I'm not so sure that I don't ever, still every once in a while, dip my toe back into that end of the pool. Um, I've gotten where I'm pretty good at catching myself and, you know, making a different choice. You know, life is a string of, of, of choices. And when we have the right awareness, we can make the right choice. Um, what do you think it was that was maybe a little bit of the turning point? Not necessarily the, oh, I've arrived point, but the the point where you realized that the way you were approaching it wasn't working for you. It wasn't really the healthiest way. What was the, was there an event or, or a, an aha moment that came about? that started the process of shifting to a different way of being in life? I think that started when I was in college and I shifted from after years of praying and being part of 
some religious organizations or groups and um, again, praying things away, trying to work on it. I think by the time I, I came out, I just realized there wasn't, I don't think there was anything, I didn't have the answer yet, really, but it just kind of felt like it's not any religious um, answers is not going to help. And I started interacting a little bit more. I, I went to Queens College um, in, in uh, New York City. And there was a little, there was more of the visible. And even in, in the late 90s, it wasn't as maybe as visible or as open today, but there was still very much, there was a gay and lesbian union. I had some classmates who also were at the time proud to be out as well. And I think just some of that um, exposure, because I had 12 years of Catholic school prior, I think some of the exposure um, at least started the, the light bulb until I started having panic. And then eventually I started having like panic attacks and noticeably was depressed. And I think what helped was when I saw my first therapist, I finally went to a therapist trying to see what was going on. And she happened to be a very warm, supportive, kind of progressive therapist at the time. But she immediately asked me about my sexuality and she just had such a warm presence that I felt okay to disclose that with her. And I think that was, the other pivotal point was just having a really good person that I needed to really talk about and work it out um, at that time. You know, this crossed my mind when you first started your story, and I don't think I've really verbalized this or even had it with clarity in my mind until now, but I'm I'm looking at all the stories that I've heard, listening to your story and listening to all the stories I've heard and realizing that there is, seems to be certain symptoms that seem to show up for all of us. There, there, there's certainly some different ones, but there's some common symptoms that show up when we are unable to be authentic. Mm. And I'm, you know, I don't know that we would ever like necessarily go directly from, oh, the reason I'm depressed and having anxiety is I'm I'm unable or, or unwilling to be authentic. I don't think our mind ever goes there, whether we connect those dots, but I'm seeing a very distinct correlation in the stories that I hear. And it was, it was prominent as you started to tell your story, the symptoms that you were having, and they all were aspects of a lack of authenticity. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that it's your story, even though I've heard many stories, there's something that clicked listening to your story. And there's the light bulb moment where I'm going, well, I, I know that my topics are all about authenticity 
but now seeing these these symptoms that we wouldn't necessarily really think that had anything to do with authenticity but for a moment i'm i'm realizing you're describing putting other people before you making their needs more important than yours and i'm realizing for the first time yes when we're truly authentic with self we don't do that yeah does that make sense oh absolutely and and that's emerging right like right now in this conversation i'm able to see that from a a perspective and articulate it in a manner that hasn't been present before right now and this is your story that's causing this to emerge so and thank you for that this is beautiful don what what has it started to look like as you have begin to put yourself first what what is that look like wow yeah that's gonna let me think about articulating that (laughs) and thank you for um sharing as you're describing that that really is the heart of the work that i've been doing i've been fortunate to do in my practice and working with the queer community at my therapy nyc the practice i work for so I've been fortunate to work with so many individuals who share some of the thing that you just, what you described and trying to find our true or authentic self. Um, I think, I think what part of it looks like is giving myself the ability or even just, you know, I had a very good colleague of mine that I worked that I worked with for a while. And she would always get me to look at giving myself permission or space to just understand what's coming up for me. What I'm that's, a, that's a real friend. Yeah. 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 A lot of my colleagues that, and people that I work with now that I'm fortunate are, are doing that, but this particular person also just really helped me work on that too. And I think that's so important because then over time it has allowed me to, again, I still have my moments of anxiety or getting really pissed or, you know, depressed or down. But what I think the first difference is, is that I've learned to slowly just notice it and bring it into my awareness and even even identify it and maybe even it's connected to some wounded child part that may come up for me i i, I do some work with trauma so having that work on myself too has been my part of self-care is to just sit if it's an old part that feels like there's an old wound that came up, I see, I just verbalize, I see you, I'm here with you, I'm here to comfort you, 
And I think that's part of some of what has been helpful is practicing that kind of self-care. Well, and I always, I'm, I, I do something very similar to that. And I, when I observe others do that, and I always, I always will either acknowledge myself or others for, and I always use this word for honoring themselves. Mm. The honoring, the word honoring has become a big part of my vocabulary over the last few months. Not that it hasn't always been part of my vocabulary, it's been a, become a much bigger part of my vocabulary. And that's, you know, when you were just going through the I see you part, you know, that's the, you were honoring that part. And that's such a powerful thing that we do for ourselves. Mm-hmm. And and it's such a, for many of us, hard thing to do. It's hard to honor ourselves, to honor those parts of ourselves. So, you know, you sharing that you're you're able to do that is is huge. When when you started talking a minute ago about you know that honoring, you didn't use that word, but you put your hand on your on your heart. What 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 are you feeling when you think about that? that space that you're in when you're honoring yourself or, or those parts of yourself, what's coming up? Because I, I, I could feel something because you, you just naturally put your hand on your heart when you said that. Yeah. I love doing this because it really does help me to ground myself. And at the, you know, at the moment, I could see my younger self. I have a vivid picture of my younger self that's coming up. Right now, I don't see that he's hurt or upset. In fact, he's very feels very comfortable with you. I think because you're also providing such a warm, wonderful, accepting space, Maddox. So, so I kind of feel more of a warmth. I kind of actually like you're smiling. I kind of see him smiling. Yeah. yeah thank, thank you for that, Don. I, I was laying in bed this morning. I, I woke really early and couldn't go back to sleep and was just in my thoughts and Somebody said something to me the other day, and I think you're you're doing a great job of expressing it right now and sharing it. And that is, I, I they they said something about they said I want to give you a gift, you know, because it was a woman who had listened to some of my videos, and you know, she was she kind of know what was going on with me, and she said, "You, what you're doing is." brave space. And I'd never heard those two words put together at the same time. And I thought about it and I really thought about it. And I thought, well, for a long time now, I have said, I'm doing everything I can to create a safe place for my guests to open up and share their story. And then it dawned on me that when she said brave space, it's the combination of me creating the safe container 
and you bringing your brave to the table. And those two things combined create brave space. And you're definitely in your brave right now. I can see it. I can feel it. And it's awesome to watch that. And I'm very, I'm very blessed and honored to be able to be part of that, that brave space to do my best to create the safe container so you can bring the brave. Wow. I like that very much, brave space. I think that's It resonating. really resonated with me enough that I'm, I'm verbally using it a lot now, and I've written it into some of my, my copy. It's becoming a, a pretty integral part of, of my whole platform. Um, so let's talk a little bit about where you are right now. You had made some really definite progress in putting your needs first, you know, honoring, allowing yourself to feel your feelings, to be present with those feelings, allow yourself to express those feelings. And, you know, mom had a fall and now she needs care, which is there's only so many hours in the day by the time you work your job and take care of her. So it's this juggling act of trying to fit uh, many things into a small space. So where are you right now in, of course, being a caregiver for mom, but making efforts at the same time to still meet your own needs and to feel your own feelings and to, you know, I, I, one of the things I've learned is balance is never even, you know, all of us as coaches and therapists have seen the balance wheel, you know, where it's that circular thing and you, and it looks like a spokes on a bicycle. And, and I've realized that, you know, it's never round hardly ever. Is it round? because thing life doesn't happen that way yeah life life is always ever flowing and re- rarely is your wheel round it's you know sometimes short term you have to adjust and take away from some aspect of your, of your life over here to put more of your time and energy on a part of your life over here that is suddenly in what we would maybe refer to as urgent care. Mm. Mm. And sometimes that urgent care is just somebody else like your mom. So tell, tell me a little bit about where you are now. Wow. I think I'm still adjusting and trying to figure, figuring out my balance a little bit right now. Cause my mother just came home last Saturday from, uh, from rehab, and so I live with her now in a in an apartment, and um, um, yeah, it's been. I mean, when you're thinking of just time and the amount of time that things require that I need to be present for, that I need to do right now, like. Um, Right now, she's not uh, able to 
uh, heat up or make her own meals. So that's something I have to attend to right now, just because of the logistics of her being in the walker and trying to navigate the kitchen and, and the, everything. So it's, it's just a little challenging for her. And also some of the other things like making our bathroom, I, I had to make time for a handyman to come over and make some adjustments to our shower this week. and To, to accommodate somebody that's either sitting or, yeah, yeah. During, during bath time. Yeah, no, I get it. You, you're having to alter it probably somewhat similar to, uh, well, I mean, right now she, whether it's full-time or, or permanent or temporary, she's somewhat disabled. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That's right. 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 And even putting together things, excuse me, like a shower chair this week or uh, her transport chair. Um, you know, I had to pay, th- we had to order things like just immediately this last weekend to make it more comfortable for her and then putting these things together and, and then navigating through. She still was entitled to a couple of nurse visits and she's getting in home physical therapy right now. Um, so those are just things that some of most of the time that I need to be present for. And so it's really trying to navigate the time plus still work and rest or relax when I can. Um, but honestly, right now, I've just been going to my, my go, like I try to do some of the tending too, but I, sometimes I just go to my um, mindless TV sometimes or music or just my go-tos that I need to once in a while just to when I just to get out of it for a few minutes uh, yeah you yeah what you're what you're you're describing is a form of escape and that gets a bad rap sometimes and I think that it it can be a negative thing if we get caught up in it but I also think it can be a really healthy thing short term we all need a break from time to time. We all need an escape, even if things are really, really good. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes, you know, even sunshine burns if you get too much. I, I find in my own life, sometimes I told somebody the other day, you know, I got a, lo- a life that I love. And even still, every once in a while, I need a break from it. It's like it's almost too much sometimes. And that can be found in music or, like you said, a movie or mindless TV. I, I laughingly say every once in a while I need to live somebody else's reality for 45 minutes or an hour, yeah. you know, just to have a break from mine. Even though my reality is a great reality, it's mm-hmm. still doesn't mean that you don't need a break sometimes. Yeah. 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 So what about support? Talk to me about support, because this is one of the things that I'm continually reading. I have never really been in a situation where I have had to be a caregiver for another human being, unless it was just somebody that had the flu for a few days and I was kind of tending to them. I've never really had to be, quote unquote, a caregiver. 
although I've had a caregiving personality in my relationships, you know, let's talk codependency, but that's another topic. But one of the things that I consistently read is how so many caregivers don't really get the support that they need. That's that's the the really ch- becomes the most challenging part of being a caregiver if you're doing it for very long is that you really, really need support. So where are you with that? Hmm. Well, I do have a good amount of really nice friends, supportive friends. Um, I can't thank my the practice again that I work with enough, my therapy. I mean, we have some really good therapists and my director, Joe, has just been really understanding and amazing. I mean, talking about feeling guilty or, you know, that part of me that doesn't want to cancel sessions with my clients, uh, but I've had to occasionally in the last month. And so um, I think that's been enormous. I've been very thankful to have to work at a place that does have that kind of understanding and support. Because I know so many people may not have that luxury either. Um, if they have jobs that they have to still go to or perform. And it's kind of forced me and have to look into resources for mom. I live in a, a co-op apartment and, um, um, so I was actually just looking this weekend if there's anything, any, <laughs> I'm a licensed social worker, but I might have to look to another social worker to see if there's any other services that my mom qualifies for, or even would be helpful for like some, even just basic companionship or something that can be helpful for her, especially if on days that I do have to go into the office or just even need to leave the house for a little while. Yeah. Beautiful. Had you thought of that before now, or is that coming up in the moment as we're talking? Um, a little bit of both. A little bit of both. Okay. So you said something else that I'm curious about. You've mentioned it a couple of times. You know, you canceled on your friend's birthday because your mom needed you and you felt really, really guilty and you apologized a bunch. And you just talked about feeling guilty when you had to cancel some of your therapy clients because you needed to be with mom. So what what do you think needs to happen for you to... Well, I want to call out, and I'm going to back up for a minute. I want to call out for a moment that the way you were languaging that, I canceled on his birthday, I felt really, really guilty. I canceled their therapy appointment, I felt really, really guilty. And what was coming up for me in that moment was, maybe this is a language thing, but I think language is really, really important. Um if you changed your language from I canceled on my friend for his birthday, if you changed your language to I declined going to my friend's birthday in order to take better care of myself. Mm. Mm. 
how would that affect the guilt? Or, or, or maybe, oh, uh, I'm sorry, let, I'm going to let you speak. Okay. I think it has a, a, a difference because it does, um, the way you said it, Maddox, it doesn't have, I guess there, there's more, like that there doesn't have feel the shame there. Um, and it's, it's, I guess the waiting, the, the, even using the word decline, I noticed had a little bit of a difference instead of I canceled. Um, feels like there's a little bit more of a, a less of a weight there. Well, there you have a little bit of a theme going on here, and that that is that you describe guilt when you take care of yourself, when you put you first. Mm-hmm. So I guess my question would be, what would need to happen for you to be able to take good care of yourself mm-hmm. and not go to that guilty place? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Think just, just drop down into your body for a minute and and just ask that question and see what your body says. What would you need? What would need to happen for you to place your needs first, take care of you, honor your feelings, express your feelings, and not go to guilt? Mm. Yeah, it feels like. Um... Yeah, again, it feels like a little bit of an old wound. You know, I need to, again, going back to I need to show up, I need to be present. I still feel like that need of they're they're not going to have any ill uh, feelings or they're they're not going to be angry. They're not going to be upset. So it feels like an old wound, perhaps, popping up here. Yeah, I, I, I would, I would bet you know somewhere back there you you may have made an effort to take care of yourself and you got a negative reaction out of somebody and it's stuck with you, maybe, maybe. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. Even, yeah, even now, there's a couple of, not really too many, but a few people that were upset. But for the most part, I think understood um, that my mom was in the situation that she is. And I think, (coughs) excuse me, I think doing what you said, what would help is really diving in like we're doing and giving me giving more space to talking this out making time to talk this out with somebody that i trust i'm currently not in therapy at the moment myself but that's something that i've uh, wanted to do uh, 
soon. Hopefully, my own insurance is pretty lousy, so I'm trying to see if I can get, hopefully over time, get a little better insurance. But, yeah. yeah, that would, you, what you're describing is another form of, of support as you care give. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, and support, some of it can be paid support and some of it, you know, would be people that are just willing to love ones that are just willing to pitch in in whatever way they can. Mm-hmm. So when you when you talk, think about self-care, because that's that's the theme of your challenge. Where does. Asking for what you want and need play into that. Hmm. Well, I think another thing as you're saying that is again something I've worked on but maybe it's a reminder that I could be a little bit more vocal about that with friends even with some family members, like if if there's any support or help that I can get, or, you know, even if I just need two hours or three hours just to connect with somebody just for a little bit, right? Yeah, or maybe even just a listening ear. Sometimes they don't even need to do anything or say anything. They just listen on the other end of the phone while you just kind of, you know, talk and and let some of it out yeah because let's face it any way you slice it caregiving is not an easy thing doesn't matter who you're caregiving for a parent or a partner or a child caregiving is really tough when it's ongoing when it's the longer term it's really tough and that's why we need so much so much support yeah yeah So tell me where you'd like to be. We've kind of talked about where you've been, where you are. Let's talk about where you'd like to be. If you could draw the picture anyway and have it be any way you liked, because we do, I mean, we are the creators of our 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 own life. Life is a self-fulfilling prophecy. If you've fulfilled that prophecy in a manner that really worked for you, what would it, what would that look like? Where like now or in the near future? It, yeah, in the future. Like let like let's say, I mean we've got to be reasonable. Mom mom's got, you know, a recovery time here. But if you had self-care down, whether it be three months from now or three years from now, when you have self-care down, what does it look like? Mm. You know, I I, I want to point out right now, because the audience can't see, as he kind of went within for a moment and pondered that, a big smile came out on his face. 
I just want everybody to to know that. So what was coming up for you when that big smile came on your face? Well, a, a, two, a couple of things. Um, you know, once there's part of self-care, one of the things that I love to do is, is doing some travel again. Um, and in a few months, maybe next winter, hopefully if mom's in a good space, I'd love to travel to Palm Springs or California, never actually been to that area. Um, so I think part of it is travel. Part of it, I think, is also just still, I love what I do. I would love to expand a little bit more. I, I really enjoy working with the queer community. And part of me is thinking, like, what would it look like outside of therapy a little bit, like either um, workshops or weekends or things like that. I don't know if that would be in six months, but definitely in the, in the longer term. Um, looking inside of working with the queer community and, you know, different avenues outside of therapy. That excites me. You know, I want to point out as you talk about these things, your energy is different. Do you feel that? Mm -hmm. Your facial expression is different. Your body language changed somewhat by merely focusing on, you know, your desires, your true desires, travel, a, a broader way of, of serving the queer community. What else? In that, what it would look like when you got it all down, what else? Hmm. Good question now. <laughs> what else? I think just feeling a little more at peace. Um, I mean, not that I'm not, but I feel like I could be a little bit more um, confident on the right path, doing what I need to do. I guess maybe there's a part of me that still can feel a little bit more content with the situation. I definitely feel like I'm still adjusting, um, which makes sense. It's only been a week. But, uh, it makes perfect sense. And things like that, that adjustment, it's like it's like any, well, I equate, I equate it to grief. Grief is a different animal completely, but Grief takes as long as it takes. We don't have any control over how quickly we get to the other side of grief. And adjustment is a form of grief. You know, when when we've when we're having to adjust, that generally means we're having to give something up. Yeah. And we're having to do something different. Yeah. And and there's some there's we don't refer to it necessarily as grief, but it is grief. You know, we've we've lost something and we're now we're having to embrace something new. And that's hard for most people. Yeah. Yeah. So I would agree, agree, actually. 
I think I've have kind of felt that emotion uh, coming up the last few weeks. So I think that's a good point. <coughs> Excuse me, sorry. You know, I, I have come to realize that I, I've coined the phrase micro griefs. You know, we think when we just people talk of grief, immediately you go to great loss, a job loss or a partner loss or a parent loss or a child, somebody you love loss. We think of loss, but we have micro losses every day. Somebody made lunch plans with you and they canceled at the last moment or they no showed Mm. or. um you know, somebody said something to us that kind of stepped on our toes and we're feeling a loss of respect in that minute. Grief is like present in moment to moment aspects of our lives in those micro doses. Mm. And I think that when we can see it that way, we can treat it that way. You know, uh, somebody said to me, a wise teacher said to me one time, what got you here won't get you there. And so, and I love this. I love this and I really believe this. So there's been a a dawn that got you through the past, got you up to right here, the present moment. But you've just drawn kind of a picture of something new that's not currently your experience. And the dawn that got you here won't get you there. Does that make sense? I think that makes perfect sense. And and I like how you're phrasing that. I, I agree with you. And noticing that little, you know, little things that I witnessed this week, you know, certain things that mom couldn't do that I had to take care of, even if it's things that she can't do yet, it seems like a loss. It seems like, okay, it's really sad to witness her not being able to microwave her own food or clean up after herself sometimes right now. Well, yeah, there's a whole different layer of of grief going on there, probably. And and I, I hadn't I hadn't thought of that until just now, but mm. you're watching somebody you love lose their faculties, some of their faculties. She's lost some of her faculties, and we hope it's temporary. Yeah. But we don't really know. And I, I remember watching my own parents lose their fat faculties. Both my parents are deceased. And there's great grief and loss involved in that. And oftentimes we don't even recognize that if for that. You know, I, I, there's a lot of controversy about labeling. And I, I see that sometimes labeling is like pigeonholing us. But I also see the value in labeling that because if we can't really, really grasp what we're up against, we can't come up with a solution. I mean, if you if you know it's grief, you may treat it really different than if you thought it was anger. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, and so we have to know 
with some awareness what's going on with us before we can actually take responsibility and take um take some action yeah so you described this vision of what you want the travel the expansive way of working with the community the gay community the the queer community in a way that you're not currently working and if you set and spent some more time with a journal drawing that that what do you want you know what's what's that vision what where do you want to be it would it would expand out into even other areas of your life friendships relationship it would, it would go into all kinds of places perhaps and we just talked about what got you here won't get you there mm-hmm. who do you see or yeah what way of being do you see Don needing to embody in order to realize that vision that you just shared? Is, did I did I phrase my question in a manner that's clear? Oh, if I understand it, who do I envision myself embodying in order to? Well, you you know who you've been to get here. Right. Who do you have to be? Not what do you have to do? Who do you have to be to get there? That vision. Hmm. That's going to require some some inner work. well, and yes, that's what that's worthy of some journaling. But if you were going to just drop into your body and come up with one new way of being, just the first thing that comes yeah. off of your head, what might that be? Huh. Um, I don't know. Hopefully this answers the question. But one of the things that I've wanted to do lately was to get my nails done <laughs> and getting uh, even getting some nail polish or things like something like just to get like a different color even like you know I'm a child of the 80s and so I was even wanting to get like some kind of neon <laughs> color like a green or even like an orange I don't know some people might um not really dig 80s fashions but uh, i don't you know that would be something that i that comes to mind um well and and that would be a different way of being i mean there's a visual aspect to it and it's a doing you're getting your nails painted but you gotta be a i don't i got my nails painted for the first time here a few months ago i did them in a matte black and it took a whole new way of being for me to be able to sit down in that chair and have my nails painted yeah. It wasn't just an off the cuff. I did something. I had to reach into myself and be a different person in order to do that. Mm-hmm. And so I get it completely. And I love that you've called that out. And that's, per, and there's m- many, many steps probably to visualize, to, to realizing that, that vision of, of travel and expanded work with, the queer men mm-hmm. that's maybe a step that merely gets you out of your comfort zone and and wakes you up a little bit and makes you feel a little more alive yeah 
you know, I, so, I, you know, I, I love that you call that out. That is a different way of being. That is a different dawn that then got you to right here at this moment. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I think that really does speak to you. Real deep acceptance of myself, trust, honesty, love, commitment, not caring what other people think. Well, and if you're having this desire to put neon paint on your nails, that's part of your authentic evolution. Mm. Now, if you're doing it because somebody else wants you to do it, that's not part of your authentic evolution. But if you're feeling a natural draw and a desire to paint your nails, that's leaning into your authentic self, leaning into your authentic desires, no matter how complex or simple they are. Mm. 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 Yeah. So let's 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 bring it home. Okay. Don, what based on all of our conversation, the journey that you're on, and and some of the challenge that you are still continuing to to you're not you're not on the other side of this. You're still in the midst of this challenge, and that's a beautiful thing. But you have come a long way. What is the one wisdom bomb that you can drop on me and my listeners? that you've gotten out of your journey so far? What's what's the one wisdom bomb? For those other people that are share your challenge in putting you first, mm-hmm. honoring your feelings, feeling them, expressing them, all those things that you listed. What would you say to that person that's on the same journey you are, but they're a few steps behind you? Hmm. I would say... I think one of the things I could leave with is something that I I maybe, I don't know, but it's something that resonated with me. It's something that Maya Angelou once said, when you know better, you do better. And so when I knew more about what it was like to love myself, knew what it was like to give myself that space and permission. I didn't have to blame myself or hold myself, my past self accountable as much anymore. Like I didn't know, I didn't know what it was like to really accept myself and love myself in the past the way I do now. So I think that phrase from Maya Angelou always kind of stuck out with me. I I love that, Don. 
you know, to recap, you're talking about self-love, loving yourself, accepting yourself, and giving yourself permission. That is huge. Many of us spend so much of our life waiting for someone else to give us permission. And that's not their responsibility. Mm-hmm. It's ours. The buck stops here. That's beautiful. I, I I love what you just shared as the wisdom bomb. Now, you know, your challenge is to to write that down when we get off this call and live by it. Yes. To drop the, the same wisdom you dropped on us to 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 redrop it on yourself, right? Yes. Yeah. 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 I would share that. You definitely have to (laughs) be kind with yourself. And I'm really remembering that. Um, It's something that I've forgotten and then just gently come back to. Yeah. Because when we're shaming ourselves or guilting (laughs) ourselves, we're not being kind and gentle to ourselves. We're not giving ourselves grace. Guilt and shame are a form of mm, self-flagellation. If I'm saying that word right, it's it's a we're beating ourselves up basically, mm. and we have been socialized in a society that has taught us that from a very very early age. Yeah. So it's about complete, you know, completely reprogramming ourselves. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a default setting, like on your computer. I talk about this a lot, you know, we all have a default setting, just like the computer, but when you don't want to use the default setting, you go into the custom settings and you set it any way you like. And we're the same way. We can go into our personal custom settings and set those settings any way we like. Mm. I like that. I might steal that. (laughs) You are welcome to steal that. Well, I, I thank you. Don, so much for sharing your story and for going on that journey with me, the, the wisdom bombs and all. Um, I I know that this is going to land for a, a lot of people that are that are listening to this. So um, thank you so much for that. And let's let's move now into um, our rapid fire questions. Oh, okay. I may I may I think I. I may or may not have told you I was going to do rapid fire questions. Guess what, Don? I'm going to do rapid fire questions, which which means don't think about it too much. Rapid fire answers, okay? Okay. So what are you most afraid of? Heights. Mm, well, okay, I get that. But oh. yeah, something more... That's a phobia. Let's let's yeah. yeah. What are, what are you afraid of? Oh, like a, a more emotional fear. Um, yeah, uh, losing my loved ones. Okay. At the end of your life, when you're about to take your last breath, you're 112 years old. You've had yeah. this long, long life, and you know you're about to go deathbed moments before your final breath in that moment before you check out before you leave what is the thing that you most want to feel Uh, 
that it's time. Excuse me? That it's the right time. That it's time. And got it. Done what I needed to do in this life. Awesome. In other words, it's just a readiness. Yeah, it's time. It's time to go. Bye-bye. Got it. Love it. And final question. What matters most to you and why? Love. I think that's just the universe language. Universal language is, is love. You know, love for myself, love for others, the world around us, just hoping and hope that people, I think we're living in really difficult times. I wish people can just love each other a little bit more. Yeah. Mm, that's beautiful. I'm I'm holding space for you with that. I love that too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we all need to be holding space for love right now because, wow. Yeah. Well, thank you for that, Don. This has been awesome. I've loved every minute of it. Thank you for being real and sharing your story. And I want to leave you with one thing. And that is just to tell you that in my eyes, you are indeed an authentic gay man. Thank you. Thank you, Maddox. I really appreciate, again, you making this space so warm and welcome. And I do feel I do feel the warmth and the love and connection to you. And I thank you so much for allowing me time on your podcast. Well, and I, I thank you for your willingness to come on and be on the, on the podcast. And I thank you and honor you for bringing your brave. Thank 